Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hey guys, today on the show, we're joined by Josie Heron. She's the founder of Waypoints Equity, a multifamily investment firm. And we talk about her history, her background, work history, and then that critical decision that she made to become an entrepreneur, to start her own company and to start doing multifamily deals. So we really unpack that transition, the motivation behind that, how she did that how she got her education and the support system to make that transition. And then we also talk about what kind of deals she's doing now and what type of projects they look for. So very inspiring story. I love a W-2 to entrepreneur uh, story. That's my story and a lot of other people's story. And it's not an easy one, but I, I always congratulate the people that, uh, that make that transition. So lots of uh, nuggets in there to unpack. Before we jump in, if you want to be on the DJE investor list and you're not currently there seeing our projects, you can go to djetexas.com, Delta Juliet Echo Texas.com, and set up a quick call with our team. We can show you case studies and get you on the list there. And secondly, if you are interested in accelerating your apartment investing, we've got a great free video series for you that I created. Um, at apartmenteducators.com. So you can go sign up for that video series there at apartmenteducators.com. All right, let's jump into the episode now with Josie. Here we go. Hello, Josie. Welcome. How are you? I'm good, Devin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, for jumping on. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to dive into your journey and how you've come to real estate investing and what you're up to today. So of course, we'll unpack all of that. But uh, just to get started by way of introduction here, how about a little bit about your background, where you grew up and professional career and so forth? Sure. So um, it's a little bit of a loaded question. My father was in the army. So I have a lot of worldly experience. My family originally came from Michigan. um, And my dad joined the army to get off the farm. I was born in Germany. And anyways, ended up in Colorado. That's where I am now. um, And it's good. My professional background, I actually also went in the service. I went to the Coast Guard Academy, got an engineering degree, kind of launched into that, um, did it for a little while, uh, ended up getting my business degree and moving on from active duty um, and did a host of jobs. I worked for a while for a startup. I worked in finance. And then most recently, I was a consultant at an engineering firm. Fortune 500 company that uh, I was a um, program manager and project manager in the asset management consulting world, which was really a great launching pad for what I'm doing now. Right. Yeah. Finance, asset management, all that stuff plays real well into into multifamily investing. Um, I always like to ask people what the introduction to real estate was. Was it Robert Kiyosaki's book? Was it a conference or a mentor? Or a lot of us have known people that have become successful through real estate and and introduced us. How did that happen for you? Yeah. So it's it's funny. I read the Kiyosaki book probably 15 years ago and recently found this notebook. I took all kinds of copious notes and it was impactful, but I did not take any action at that point. Um, so you, you found your notes from the original reading and, and you're yeah. taking a bunch of notes. Yeah. I even drew little charts. And sure. 
but it planted the seed, right? Even it if, did. even if I've had a similar experience, even if you didn't take action immediately, it did something for you, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I always have been very much on a financial independence, you know, journey. I was an investor um, in the stock market and saved like crazy, right. you know, for, for my professional career. I had owned real estate. At one point I even was a landlord because I had moved around, um, mm-hmm. but never looked at it as a path forward or a venue or a career, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of get me to that next level until and this might appeal to some of your um, passive investors. Um, my husband and I were looking to invest some capital gains. And we were starting, you know, you, you kind of hit a point in your career where, you know, you're making good money. If you're lucky, you're making good money. And you're also getting taxed super heavily. So I was looking for, you know, a tax break. And I came across a podcast that I, I'm sure you probably know him. He was at the conference we were just at. Um, Lane Bean from Pilot Legacy was speaking about some tax benefits of investing in uh, a multifamily deal that he had, but it was in an opportunity zone. Right. And that, listening to that podcast, it came to me at the right moment because I was looking, one, for investment opportunities and tax breaks, but also when I read his pro forma, all of the little math parts of my brain were like, oh my God, like I completely get this business, not like comprehensively, but I get the gist of it. And this is a path that I know that I can go down. So we invested with him and a couple others as well. Outstanding. Um, was that, was that, it's, you're right. It's not an in, insanely complicated business. I mean, I've worked in, in larger companies with pretty complex financial models and things, multifamilies relatively straightforward. You've got your income and expenses and your debt service and your net operating income. Um, so if you got some financial background, it's it's relatively easy to pick that stuff apart. So it made sense for you. Those initial limited partner or passive investments, were the, was that pretty scary for you to jump into? Or did you <laughs> feel like you had enough of an education? To, or was it like, hey, we're, we're going to leap in and try this out and, and hopefully get a nice K1 uh, paper loss? Yeah, it was a huge learning experience and it right. helped that, you know, we, we met the sponsor and we had a common background, you know, with, you know, the military and sure. really had some immediate trust there, but the, the learning aside from, you know, looking at performa and thinking, Oh, I got this, you know, there, I remember getting the first PPM and just being overwhelmed, you know, like this document right. is, you know, hundreds of pages. It's crazy. Yeah, and right. it's all legal, and I think this is a good thing. It seems like a good thing, but there's also a little bit of um, a little bit of faith. We did a lot of homework and education. I mean, that really kind of launched right. me into what became a full time, you know, career in multifamily. Right, right. The PPM is very intimidating. That's a private placement memorandum. Uh, yeah, it's about a hundred pages. What I tell people, you know, that are new to looking at that is it's about 99.9% boilerplate. You know, the attorneys, God bless them. You need a good one on your team or a team of attorneys. But the details of the PPM on a multifamily investment are um, a very small, you know, the address, the number of shares, the splits between the general partner, limited partner, operating agreement will spell out specific things. Um, but the PPM is, is really kind of like one giant 
boilerplate document. And it's, it's meant to be scary, right? It's all the things that can, can go wrong in the investment. It's like you have your offering memorandum with the pretty pictures and all the things that the sponsor thinks going to go well, but then you've got to have the PPM, which is like uh, meant to scare you away. And if you're still on board after reading that, then, then maybe you should be in the deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the more that I, it was really eye opening though, because I was on that track. You, you work hard, you have a, you know, a career, a W2 income, you invest right. a certain, certain way in the stocks and, and markets. And um, what I, what it did for me was open my mind that there is another way that so many people are investing in, right. in this world. And the benefits were, you know, really eye-opening. You know, just for me originally it was tax benefits, but then you get the cash flow, the appreciation, you know, the equity buy-down, um, and the depreciation, which is really, you know, the other tax benefit. And it was, it was really for me, it was an epiphany. It was the first of many epiphanies that got me, you know, moving. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. It's there's this whole other world, and I, I think we're going through this change right now. You and I are speaking in in the latter part of 2021, but um, really in a relatively recent time period, have we had all of this crowdfunding open up mm -hmm. um, where you're seeing more and more regular individuals investing in a syndication. Whereas for decades past, you kind of did have to know somebody. It was, right. it was wealthy families that would pool together to do these things or other wealthy individuals. And it was very kind of word of mouth, but now we've got uh, the formation of a lot more capital through syndications, which is really exciting. And then there's education platforms like this podcast, like, like your company, educating people about how to get into this. Um, I heard, heard an attorney at a conference say that there's more capital in private placements than there is in the stock market. And I'll leave that to her, whether that's to, to you know, fact check her, don't fact check me on that. But <laughs> Um, that, that statistic, if true, really kind of blew my mind that there is so much capital being formed for these types of projects for, for the obvious kind of benefits that you, that you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is pretty amazing. And it's also really, I don't know, I've found it to be such a win-win industry. So you have, you have someone finding the deal and running the deal. You have investors who are interested in that type of investment and it's, it's a team sport, it, you know, maybe not a sport, but I kind of reckon it to that because as a group, Absolutely. you can do so much more than you can as an individual. And that's, that's pretty eye-opening as well. hundred percent. I mean, there are benefits to buying a $20 million building that don't exist buying a $200,000 house. Right. Um, but the wherewithal to go buy a $20 million building you know, as an individual, you got to be pretty financially sophisticated, but we pool enough of us together and, you know, like we did in the old days, enough people get together with some spears and we can kill a lion. Whereas, you know, none of us on our own is killing that lion. But right, if we right. if we team up and work together, we can we can kill a lion, which is which is pretty cool. Or raise a barn, you know, after you kill a lion. Yeah, or raise a barn. That's, that's probably a better example. <laughs> that's probably a yeah. better example. Yep. So it's, it's the team approach, which is, which is good. So you got into this, you got into a deal with a relationship with a sponsor, which is absolutely critical. I mean, you, right. you have to trust the sponsor and you have to build that relationship. Um, and even from a legal perspective, depending on the type of deal you're getting into, you may have mm -hmm. to have a pre-existing relationship. So that's right. important. Right. 
um, you got into the deal. And then what was, uh, what was your experience after you did your due diligence and then, you know, you, you wire your money out and that's kind of a big moment there. And what was your experience after that? Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty smooth. You know, the, the team was really responsive. Um, and they send regular updates, you know, and it's kind of, it's like investing a little bit in, in any kind of stock, you know, your money is there, you know, it's secure. Uh, at the end of the year, we got, you know, like you said, a K1, it showed, you know, our investment, it showed our losses, um, which are paper losses, which are tax benefit. Um, and yeah, it was, it was kind of smooth sailing. We went on from there, we invested in a couple others as limited partners, um, you know, with similar experiences, you know, doing our homework, learning uh, as we went. And then I, at that point was in a place in my life, in my career that I was ready to transition. And, um, you know, I can dive into that as well, if you would like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's kind of where I, I was wanting to go with this is it's one thing to be a limited partner and it's a great thing. I love being a limited partner because I know the work that the sponsor's doing on the deal. Cause we do it too. We run our own deals, yeah. but I'm a limited partner in a lot of deals. And I see those updates come out and I just go, Oh, there's so much work that's that those guys are and gals are doing that. I don't have to do. I love that piece of it. Conversely. I love being an operator too. We get, mm -hmm. you know, big equity in the deal and we run the deal and so on and so forth. But um, both parts are nice. Most people will stay on kind of that limited partner or passive track. Just if you look at, you know, a hundred, a hundred investors, most of them are going to be on that passive track, but it's uh, making the decision to go more active is, is uh, can be a huge benefit. It's definitely a different approach. How did you, how did you come to that approach and, and make that decision? What, what drove that? Oh my gosh. Um, so I was, like I said, I had a couple of epiphanies, you know, one, I was on the executive track at my company and it was mm -hmm. all there for my taking. And um, it was an amazing company. I had built a team. I'd hired people. We were just doing great things, but right. I per personally was super burnt out. And I also felt like my whole career, I was either working for a corporation, a startup, the military, always working really hard for somebody else. And I just um, had a couple of those life moments where I realized like one time is not guaranteed. You know, I lost mm. a couple of folks that were really close to me very suddenly and it just makes everything stop. And so with those experiences, with the burnout, I really was looking for another way. And at the same time, I was learning about multifamily and real estate investing. So I'll fast forward. I went through a course. It was focused on investing um, for military investors. So I was kind of using that network, but not sure. at the multifamily level. Um, but I went in knowing that I wanted to take it and, and create a business, which I did, um, and have it become my next career, uh, which was mm -hmm. a huge jump. It was a huge leap of faith because I, I just right. jumped, I jumped off the rails, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And I did that, you know, through education and then, you know, found essentially a, a colleague in, through a network who became a bit of a mentor who became my business partner and, um, you know, narrowed down my market. I live in Denver, but I invest right now in Kansas City. 
And it just, about the same time I was leaving my job, I was getting into my first uh, syndication. So I left early. I didn't have like all the passive income or all the, you know, income from, from a general partnership that, sure. um, that was a complete safe landing pad. But over the course of a year and a half, um, I've built my business to a place that um, has, has been amazing. It's, it's, I blew, I had these goals and I, blew them out of the water. It's, it's been super cool. <laughs> love it. I love hearing that it is a leap of faith. Uh, ideally we have our passive income built up to cover our bills before we mm-hmm. exit a cushy corporate job. Uh, that was my target. And I, and I, I just did that. It took me a few years Congrats! and I just met, <laughs> I just met my bills and then I jumped still a, a jump. And that, and that was, gosh, that was almost seven years ago now. Yeah. So it's been a while. Um, but it, even that was a, was a huge leap of faith because you're leaving behind this. Um, like you said, you had it all laid out before you, right? I mean, it's, right. in terms of corporate careers, you kind of had everything that you, that one could ask for. No. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it even took me from leaving my job to, you know, coming out publicly that I have had started a business. It took me probably six or seven months before I start projecting that, you know, my, my company's right. waypoints equity. And I just, I wanted to get, there's all kinds of pride, you know, tied up in there. I wanted to get the branding, right. I wanted to get the messages, right. I wanted to get, you know, my presence out at the right time in the right way from a business standpoint, so that all those people who, you know, knew me in my other role, didn't think I had made a wrong turn. (laughs) I didn't want them to think I was crazy for leaving my job. And I'm mostly speaking about like LinkedIn and my website, because I came from a very rigid kind of path. I was, I was in the military. I was a leader. I was an engineer. I was in finance. Those are all very structured and, and to kind of jump ship a little bit, um, it was a risk. It feels amazing. You know, it, it's the best thing I've ever done, but you know, it took me a little while to get there. <laughs> no doubt. That's such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's important for people to hear that it's such an identity shift. And I, and I think yeah. um, if you have your identity wrapped up in your job, which most of, most of us do or did, you think about the amount of hours you spend in a corporate job, 40, 50, or more hours a week, uh, you know, that's most of your waking hours. You can't help but have your identity become wrapped up in that, especially over if you're doing it over years or decades. It's very difficult to shift the, the, that identity. I remember I went through a similar thing. Um, what helped you with that shift in the identity and identifying as a business owner now, being okay to put yourself out there and your brand out there? Was it just kind of a slow process? What was there a peer group that you're plugged into? What what helped you with that transition? Because I that's a big one. That's a big yeah. deal. Well, the courage to do it came from those life experiences where I realized, like, you know, you get you get one shot at this, and if it's not working, then it's time to make a change. Right. The 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 boost that I got was through a couple of different networks. You know, I mentioned the military investor network. I'm still super plugged in. Um, I've done some deals with those, you know, those guys. It's been it's been phenomenal and so supportive. I'm in a mastermind with them. Um, I hired a marketing uh, and branding company that helped me just kind of get started. You know, basics, the logo, the 
talking, you know, the message, the talking points. And then I did right. join um, a group for multifamily uh, uh, operators. And that has been amazing. There's a mastermind there and they took me to that next level. Um, you know, that's right. good, good egg with um, Annie and Julie, and they've been phenomenal. Um, and, and just that network as well. You know, they've become my community <laughs> really. Right. I, that's, that's great to hear. I think uh, if you're going to try to replace an existing identity framework and community of a W2 job, which maybe you didn't choose that, that peer group because you didn't really get to uh, choose who you worked with necessarily, but I don't think you can just leave that and live in a vacuum. And it's mm -hmm. tempting, I think, for people to do that because there's podcasts and books and they can research. But I think as, as humans, we have to be plugged into a peer group, good, bad, you know, good or bad. Um, and so that's, that's great to hear that you proactively plugged into a couple of different peer groups that reinforce that identity where you've got, I mean, some, sometimes those things are part counseling too, or talking yeah. <laughs> about whatever challenges you're going through. I'm yeah. a huge advocate. I mean, I'm in several different masterminds and mentorship groups. Uh, and I really attribute that to a lot of the success that my companies have had is, is being in the room with a guy that's 10 times, got 10 times the stuff going on that we do and, mm -hmm. and, and being influenced by it. You cannot help, but be influenced by that. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it helps you it helps show you a path as well, a path right. of where to go or where you could go. And also just having that sounding board, like you said, you know, I've run into, you know, a couple hurdles. How do I get through this? Um, you know, and that's, that's super helpful. And I, I actually started two groups. They're a little more tight knit, I would say, you know, but that has been great because there's other people out there like me, <laughs> you know, trying to right. figure it out, trying to, you know, make it to the next thing. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's really cool when those groups that I started, you know, they're kind of um, autonomous at this point. I don't, they don't need me. Right. They, there's people within those groups who are doing deals together now and, and kind of taking it from there. So. That's really exciting. And you talked about this team approach. These deals are big enough that it really facilitates that. I mean, you know, a lot of times it takes a team to do a deal because yeah. your net worth and liquidity and experience requirements are pretty, pretty darn high for doing these, these multi-million dollar deals. So a lot of times it is a team approach. It's bigger equity. You know, it's not like flipping a house where you're splitting, um, you know, hopefully uh, $20,000 of profit at the end. It's, it's not terribly exciting, but big multifamily deals, a lot of equity lends itself very well to a team approach. Uh, and I, and I love doing that. You said it earlier, everybody wins and um, these deals are big enough to, to facilitate that. Tell me a little bit about your, your lifestyle now as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur business owner versus kind of the W2 uh, life that, that, that you lived previously. Yeah, I think um, that's probably summed up best by my mom <laughs> who lives close. She's uh, she basically said, Josie is just as busy, but she's happy now. And I think, okay, I, I like that. Yep. I need, I need the challenge. I need to be busy. Yes. Um, but yeah, just having the choice over my time and my schedule and I've gotten some good mentoring and mindset, you know, kind of advice on that because I, I don't want to be owned by my job, you know, but I love what I do. And so, you know, I just have a lot more freedom. I, 
I've got three daughters and I can now be a bigger part of their life than I ever was, which is crazy to say, but I was always just so distracted or, you know, not, you know, on somebody else's clock really. And at this point I, I do, I do what I want. I still, I mean, I work full weeks. I, I think I'd go crazy if I didn't. Yeah. Um, but I also can take time to, you know, take a day off here and there, or I'm, I'm at that point now, because the first year of my business and I'm just kind of over that hurdle, I was just mm-hmm. sprinting the whole time. And now, yes. you know, we've got, you have to, yeah, yeah, you have to. And now, but it really was over the summer. I was like, I realized like, okay, I can, I can stop, look strategically around and then, you know, refocus. And at that point as well, I can reclaim some of my time and I can see it from here, you know, getting better and better, um, you know, for sure. hundred percent. It's a very different approach having this exponential growth path versus a linear growth path that maybe um, is the case in a W2 situation. The, the linear, the exponential growth path, it sounds exciting and it is, but also that first part of an exponential growth path is like flat and nothing's going on (laughs) and you're working your tail off. And I think, um, that's probably the piece that a lot of folks are not willing to go through. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it is the, where the rubber meets the road and you've got to run. (laughs) Got to run. There's no other way to do it. Yep. Especially in the beginning, the, the momentum is really hard to, to build, but once it's built, it's really hard to stop too. Yeah. Which, so, so it's just, a, it's just a mindset shift. And I think, you know, back to your being in different groups and different masterminds, um, you know, I'd venture to guess that those guys and gals in those groups think like that and are willing to do what it takes to build the momentum on the front end so that it's hard to stop later, later on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Yeah. I don't know if we've had great momentum and I've actually had investors tell me you guys, you know, one come across as so professional. This is me and my partners. Um, and two, just the, the momentum is really obvious and they, you know, want to be part of that and, and part of where we're going, which is pretty cool. That's exciting. Well, let's talk about markets and deals. You know, yeah. what have you guys been up to the last you know, few months, what kind of what type of deals are you doing? What markets are you guys doing? That kind of thing. Yeah. So my, my main investing team, um, I've got three partners and we have been focusing almost doubling down on one market. Uh, and that was not the intention, but what happened sure. is we, we got in there and started doing deals and, um, started creating some amazing relationships and, and more and more deals kept coming to us um, right. directly because we're known as, you know, a group that can close and get the job done. And we're also not scared of value add. So we, we kind right. of alternate between value add um, deals and stabilized deals. And it, it's a good balance, I think. Um, and we've, we've also found this sweet spot, you know, a lot of multifamily operators say, you know, they want to find multifamily deals that are 100 units or greater. And we've looked at those, but we really are, um, you know, finding our stride in the 40 to 80 unit range. Um, right. And that works super well for us because one of our partners is the owner of the property management company. And I oh, um, love it. Huge, yeah. huge. So it, it's, it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, in Kansas City, we are now 
close to 400 units just this last year. And then um, we're looking to probably double that and, and start looking at, you know, bigger deals. I think we, we're going to aim to do one big deal, but um, you know, this next year, originally it was, you know, let's just go for the 200 units. Um, and right. I think we have realized like once you kind of find, we, we found a niche, it's working, we're going to just let it ride. Um, we are considering other markets as well in the future. So um, for now, this is working. But literally my business partner just texted me. He's like, he's there. He said, yeah, 325 units. You know, what do you think? So you never yeah, know. That's a big one. You, yeah. do, you, you never know. And it's, it's important to have criteria when you're going out, looking at deals, somebody's talking to brokers. You can't just say that you're a multifamily investor because it's way too wide, way too broad. You got to narrow down markets, uh, asset class, size, age. And I'd like to, you know, I've got 25 things I'd like to check all the boxes on, but I also can't just go out and pick a deal off a tree as much as we'd all like to. So it's important to have criteria, but it's important to have flexibility as well because you've yeah. is it very competitive i'm sure it's competitive where you guys are looking it's competitive where we are you've got to be opportunistic and strike when a when a deal presents itself and sometimes it's outside the box you know if if your box is 100 plus units that's great for a variety of reasons but also if you're finding success with something and you've got the ability to replicate it absolutely right especially if you've got some what i would call an unfair advantage with a property management company that's on the team <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's the real work of these projects. And you can't just throw that to any old property management company and hope for the best. I mean, there's so much work that those guys do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think that is sometimes overlooked. Um, 100%. Agree. I think there's a huge hype over, you know, the excitement of acquisition and yes. putting deals together and getting in as investors. Um, and I, I, Small, small tangent there. I do think that often um, people would get in maybe a little bit too quickly because partnering on a deal, there's there's so many really big factors there. One, you have to really know and trust your partners um, and, and you have to do right by your investors, but you also have to make sure you really have the, the right deal. Um, so I think that there's, I don't know, there's a lot to unpack there for sure. <laughs> There is. And it, I agree there because you can structure a partnership relatively easy and it makes it maybe more um, attainable to go out and close a big deal. You kind of get into this situation where you, just because you can, it doesn't necessarily mean you should, right? You right. can put together a partnership, put together the pieces, go out and take, take down a big deal. Uh, just because you can do that doesn't necessarily mean you should in a lot of cases. So that education, mm -hmm. that network, that uh, that path of growth is really important to make sure you're getting in the in the right deals for sure. Absolutely. And that you have thought through the actual execution of the business plan. Do you have right. the right pieces in place between property management? Do you have an asset manager who really knows how to drive performance metrics um, and the con con construction. And in our world, you know, we've got, you know, three properties now that we're completely renovating and construction is a, is a huge factor. And it's also a really tricky time to, to kind of work with, you know, GCs and contractors and, oh, and absolutely. 
the material and the labor and the COVID delays and everything else, it's, oh, yeah. um, it's big. <laughs> it's big. There's a lot going on, especially that first year. I mean, there is a whole lot going on. It's interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I almost cringe a little bit with the close, we close celebrations, ours included. We post on social media, oh, yeah. whatever. we close this big deal and it's like, well, celebrate the win. Congratulations. <laughs> you're, you're at the starting line and the, uh, the gun's about to go off and you got to three, four year marathon in front of you, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we, we obviously love these deals. We love, um, multifamily for all the reasons we've been talking about. Um, if somebody wants to connect Josie with you and learn more about waypoints, what you're doing, what you guys have done, what's a good, uh, avenue for them to do that. Yeah, probably best is to to visit my website. It's waypoints with an S, waypointsequity.com. And on that website, you can connect directly with me and jump on my calendar. I have a lot of um, a lot of conversations with people who either hear me on a podcast or found the website who are in many different different places. But um, I would say, yeah, waypointsequity.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. You know, I've got the, the LinkedIn page with Waypoints, but uh, you just, you can look me up as Josephine Heron, Heron like the bird, H-E-R-O-N, and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. Outstanding. Well, we'll link to the main website in the show notes of this podcast. So if you're listening, you can just go to the description, not while you're driving and click <laughs> the link and go and, and visit the, the website. You've done a, a great job with the branding and the presence there. And Congratulations on leaving your corporate world behind. That's a huge step. That was one of the most terrifying things I've done as an adult. Um, and congratulations on making it to the other side of that. That's not not everybody does that. That's huge and and deserves uh, deserves some recognition there. So wish you continued success. I appreciate you uh, catching us up here on on everything that's been going on, and and I'm sure we'll cross paths soon. Devin, thank you so much. This has really been a pleasure. I look forward to keeping track of everything you guys have going on as well. Outstanding. All right. Well, have a great one. Thanks so much, Josie. Yep. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you found that educational, entertaining, inspiring, all of the above. If you are interested in seeing future DJE investment projects, and you are not already on our list and in our portal, uh, you can go to the website, djetexas.com. There's a little button there to schedule a 15-minute call with our team, answer any questions you have, and make sure you get on that list to see that next project that comes out. Also, if you're interested in being uh, an investor that runs these deals, we've got a free seven-module course for you at apartmenteducators.com. Uh, a lot of great free content there to ramp up your education in the multifamily investing space. Once again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We always appreciate a five-star review that helps the reach of the show. That's one way you can give back if you enjoyed it. And we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.